and welcome to the Association for Positive Behavior Support, APBS, podcast. APBS is a multidisciplinary organization made up of diverse professionals such as teachers, researchers, university professors, administrators, family members, and consumers who are committed to the application of positive behavior support. The mission of the Association for Positive Behavior Support is to enhance the quality of life of people across the lifespan. We hope to achieve this by promoting evidence-based and effective positive behavior support to realize socially valid and equitable outcomes for people, families, schools, agencies, and communities. Each of our upcoming episodes will feature speakers addressing the application and practice of positive behavior support in diverse areas. We have so much to share with you, and we are glad you are here with us. Stay tuned. Hello, and thank you for joining us. My name is Casey Ellis, and I have the privilege of being the APBS Student Network Past President. In our first podcast episode, you heard from John Gallo and Sage Pickren, two of our Student Research Grant Award recipients from the 2020 cycle. In today's episode, we will be hearing from our remaining three recipients. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to the APBS podcast. My name is Alex Carlson and I'm a third year doc student at Clemson University in special education and I also serve as the technology chair for the APBS Student Network Advisory Board. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing one of the APBS Student Research Grant recipients, Taylor Hitchens from Syracuse University. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, so before we get started, can you give uh, the listeners a quick introduction to yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Taylor Hitchings. Uh, my pronouns and preferred pronouns are she, her, and hers. Um, I'm currently enrolled in Syracuse University's um, School Psychology PhD program. Uh, I just finished up my second year there. And at Syracuse, my advisor's name is um, Dr. Bridget Heyer. And Generally, my research is focused on um, academic interventions, especially based in a theoretical behavioral framework. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about your funded project? Sure. So my project has actually changed a little bit since I first applied for the grant, um, just going through the thesis process and proposal process. But ultimately, I'm... um, I'm going to be conducting a systematic review, and it's going to explore the use of reinforcement-based interventions that are contingent upon students' academic performance. Um, So it'll really be looking at how, you know, the offering of rewards, whether that's, you know, free time, homework passes, candy, how that might affect students' direct performance in areas like reading, writing, and math. And what got you interested in this topic area? So I majored in both English and psychology as an undergrad, and um, between grad school, or undergrad and grad school, I worked as an RBT, or registered behavior technician. Um, and so basically my own background interests and my work experiences kind of intersected to create this interest in behavioral academic intervention, um, especially in the area of writing with my you know, English background. Very cool. And uh, how are you spending your awarded funds? Sure, yeah. So I'm applying it to a couple different things. Um, the funds are being applied to uh, like learning resources that I'm going to need to supplement my core coursework uh, in order to really help me design um, 
and carry out the systematic review as well as, you know, potential meta-analyses later on. Um, I'm also, I spent some of them on a, like, software that's specifically supposed to help facilitate systematic reviews and speed up that process. Um, and then finally, just any travel and dissemination costs would be kind of what's left over. That's awesome. And can you elaborate a little bit on how this project relates to the mission of APBS? Yeah, so this project is, you know, an initial step in systematically and rigorously exploring the literature around academic contingencies. Um, and, you know, these contingencies are being used quite a bit in various settings, but in terms of that research being explored to really show whether it's the most effective option, um, we still need to do that. So uh, ultimately, this should inform future research to help determine if these academic contingencies are actually evidence-based and effective. Um, and if they are supported by that prior research, then we know that potentially academic contingencies can be used to boost intervention effectiveness. Um, they can make interventions more acceptable maybe amongst kids or students. Um, so they're a positive and constructive way to help improve both teachers and students' quality of life at school. That's awesome. It sounds like a really important project that will help uh, inform, you know, the direction of this field of research for um, many other researchers. So how are you going to um, plan to disseminate your findings from this project so people know all the great work that you've done? Yeah, so first I have to do it, and then once I get that part done, um, it'll first be my thesis, and then uh, I'm planning to turn it into a manuscript afterwards, and I'm going to submit it to JPBI, um, and I'm also planning on taking my findings to um, definitely, you know, the APBS conference, I think I'm going to take it to NASP, um, so kind of try and disseminate it in a couple different um, avenues and a couple different formats. That's awesome. I think it's great you're hitting, you know, the spectrum there. Um, and we'll be really excited to see that at APBS for sure. Um, as a winner of a student research grant, um, kind of shifting gears here, what advice would you have for other students who might be interested in applying for this grant in the next cycle? You know, it's no small task um, applying for this, this type of funding and, and being successful. So uh, what would you tell uh, your fellow graduate student colleagues who might be interested in applying? Uh, I would say, I would say go for it. You know, it's, um, it is time consuming and it is, it, I'd never done a grant application before. And I was amazed just how long it took me to even just figure out like, you know, where I would want the funds to go and the research involved with that and, and writing it all up. Um, so it was very time consuming, but I would say it was well worth the effort for a couple of reasons. Um, First off, I was still somewhat early in the process of, of kind of putting the project together um, when I did the grant application, and I ended up using a lot of that information, um, you know, about its relevance, about its impact on future research. That information came in very handy in the actual thesis document um, and my proposal for my thesis. So I was actually able to copy and paste bits of that um, just directly into my document. So it got some work um, done ahead of time. And so, you know, even if I hadn't gotten the grant, it wouldn't have been wasted time or lost time. And I would also say that, you know, that grant writing, it's a really valuable experience to kind of try and apply for the grant. Um, you know, it's definitely a big part of academia, I think, if you go into that. And um, so it was a really good learning experience as well. And obviously getting the grant is very exciting too. So 
Um, yeah, I would say it's, it's well worth the time and well worth the efforts. Definitely leave yourself lots of time to do it. Um, you know, I, I would not recommend procrastinating on it as, as I did a little bit because it is time consuming. It, it did go through multiple rounds of edits um, with my PI, much like, like a manuscript would. So Awesome. That's great. I think that's excellent advice. Um, you know, it's, it's a very structured kind of process. And um, I really like that you touched on like, you know, even though um, it's very time consuming, it's worth it. And if you don't necessarily get the outcome that you want when you apply, it's not time wasted, right? Because you're still uh, digging into the research. You're kind of compiling this literature review um, that can still inform your work. So, yeah, and um, I would also say APPS has been really great to work with. Um, they've been so flexible and understanding with COVID and um, really supportive. And so, you know, it's been a great, you know, great organization to work with with the, an early grant as well. So that's been a great experience. Uh, it's wonderful to hear. Um, I mean, we're, we're really excited for uh, the work that you're going to do, and we can't wait to uh, uh, see the results of your project. Um, again, this has been an interview with uh, Taylor Hitchens from Syracuse University and uh, one of our APBS Student Research Grant Award recipients. Uh, congratulations, Taylor, and thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. My name is Amanda Hato, and today I am interviewing with Dr. Karen Robbie, who was a student at the University of Maine and is now working at the University of Connecticut, one of our APBS grant winners. So, Dr. Robbie, today, can you just please tell us a little bit about your funded project? Certainly. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share my project with you and the listeners. APBS provided funding to support my dissertation study that was focused on examining the effects of a multi-component intervention on an early career teacher's ratio of positive to negative interactions with their students and whether or not any behavior change was maintained over time. It's important to note that the study occurred last year during the same time that the COVID-19 pandemic significantly disrupted education. So there were numerous complications and barriers that came into place. But basically, for early career teachers, all within five years of starting their careers, received explicit instruction in evidence-based classroom management practices, and then were paired up with a peer to serve as their coach. Since we know that coaching support is critical for actual implementation and behavior change, peers provided each other with performance feedback by watching a 15-minute video of their peer delivering instruction each week. While watching the video, the peer counted the frequency of praise and corrective statements delivered to students. Each teacher then sent a performance feedback graph to their peer through email. Results of the study did not show a statistically significant positive effect of the intervention, but by the end of the intervention, three out of four of the participants did have higher rates of positive to negative interactions than they had at the start. Unfortunately, though, as the frequency of the intervention was reduced from weekly to biweekly to not at all, that change was not maintained so there's clearly more research to do. However, there were several other less intentional but 
other important findings that came about as a result of the study uh, that may help to inform future um, intervention research for teachers. Like participants were able to identify features that uh, served as possible reinforcers for them. Mm-hmm. Um, each early career teacher identified that the data-driven performance feedback protocol was not only feasible but also motivating. Uh, One person even shared that receiving praise from another teacher was affirming and found herself looking forward to it each week. And all four participants perceived positive impacts on their students as a result of the participation. So, you know, hopefully while the results didn't necessarily point to a clear functional relationship, it might help to inform future efforts in research. Um, And the other piece was that even after a nine-month intervention, early career teachers in this study struggled to meet the target of five positive student interactions to every corrective interaction. So this finding just affirms the need for enhanced support for early career teachers. Well, that definitely sounds fascinating, and I can see how there's a lot of room for further research in that area. How would you say that your project relates to the mission of APBS? Yeah, so over time, teachers have the potential to positively impact a large number of students. Ensuring that early career teachers get the timely support that they need during a crucial stage of their career um, may not only lead to positive classroom environments and improved student achievement, it may also help them experience careers that are potent, meaningful, and successful, possibly diminishing teacher attrition rates over time. You know, one of my participants uh, at the end of the intervention was asked for her biggest takeaway. And she said, each kid learns differently, but also responds differently to how you react to them. Mm -hmm. Finding the different ways to interact with them is so helpful. And it's much more than just positive words. It's also about our positive actions. This study enhanced our understanding of how to support teachers with fidelity of implementation um, and promote social validity. So it seems to be a pretty close match to APBS's mission of enhancing enhancing quality of life by promoting evidence-based and effective positive behavior support for people everywhere. It certainly does. Um, My next question is, how do you plan to disseminate outcomes for your project? from your project? Yeah, well, so the primary goal of this study was to develop a feasible, inexpensive, and effective intervention that improved early career teachers' ratios of positive to corrective student interactions. Mm -hmm. So students and teachers could achieve positive outcomes. As I shared earlier, um, while my results didn't produce a functional relationship or generalizable results, um, but I do believe that there were some kernels of knowledge and insight to be shared going forward in practice, research, and policy. My hope is to use that knowledge gained as a launching pad for future research once educational research opportunities become a bit more stable. Um, I've also 
already begun talking with my team members at UConn about ways to incorporate lessons learned into our future inter teacher intervention studies. And I'm working on a, um, writing up an article for student researchers about how to overcome barriers in educational research um, because conducting a classroom-based study during the COVID-19 pandemic certainly provided me with lots of opportunities to learn about that. Yes. Well, this is all really fascinating and I, I feel just really meaningful. Um, what advice do you have for students who are interested in applying for this grant in the next cycle? Yeah. So the first thing is don't be afraid to try, right? Somebody has to get the grant. So why shouldn't it be you? Um, when Once you make that decision to go ahead and do it, ask a couple of people to read your grant proposal for clarity and intentionality and that you're hitting all the uh, markers and criteria for the grant. Mm -hmm. And lastly, make sure you explicitly identify just how your project connects to the APBS mission. Great. Well, Dr. Robbie, thank you so much again for doing this for us, and we appreciate everything that you had to offer today. You are welcome, and thank you, and I can't thank APBS enough for helping to support my study. Welcome, Marnie. Um, Thanks, first, can you, just, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, um, where you're currently studying, what, who your advisor is, and then just some general research interests? Absolutely. So I am currently a fourth year doc student in the special education program at Vanderbilt University. Um, when the grant was awarded, I was in my third year, uh, but I've been, been working on the project since then. My advisor is Dr. Blair Lloyd, and our research areas kind of focus around practical and, and kind of moving toward trauma-informed interdisciplinary approaches to both the assessment and treatment of challenging behavior in school settings. So I know that's really broad, but we're interested in a lot of things. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you. Um, well, first, can you just tell us a little bit about your funded project? Absolutely. So through my work in schools supporting students with emotional and behavioral disorders during my program, I noticed that these students often experience challenges across multiple domains. So not just behavior, but also social emotional challenges, mental health challenges. But oftentimes when they're receiving services for these different needs, they're delivered kind of in isolation. And we know in the last decade, there's been a lot of progress toward integrating school-based behavior and mental health supports. Uh, and this has particularly been the case at the community and school-wide level but less is known about effective collaboration for intensive intervention or what we like to think of as tier three supports. So our project was a qualitative research study where we sought out to explore the perspectives and experiences of both behavior specialists and mental health specialists related to their interdisciplinary collaboration to support students with those persistent and intensive behavioral and or social emotional needs. So that's pretty broad, but specifically what we did was conducted one-on-one -on -one semi-structured interviews with 26 uh, specialists, both again, both behavior and mental health specialists. And then we've been working on um, 
coding all of the, those data uh, using a qualitative data analysis software program called Deduce. And we are currently working on writing up our findings. That sounds like it's going to be really beneficial to the field. Very cool. Thanks. We're excited about it. Um, how do you feel like your project relates to the overall mission of APBS? Yeah, so in a few ways, um, but primarily by identifying potential avenues to really facilitate effective collaboration between behavior and mental health specialists, ultimately with the goal of enhancing the effectiveness of in intensive interdisciplinary interventions in schools. And, you know, supporting students with behavior and or social emotional challenges in schools, uh, as APBS would say, uh, requires knowledge and practice from different but complementary fields. That's language taken directly from their mission statement. Um, and so we interviewed professionals across these fields, again, behavior analysts and mental health specialists, including school counselors, uh, school social workers, school psychologists, trauma-informed specialists, and other mental health providers to learn about their unique experiences and perspectives around interdisciplinary collaboration for intensive intervention. And our focus on the values and perspectives of these specialists with respect to interdisciplinary intervention in public schools is also consistent with APBS's definition of what they call evidence-based and effective positive behavior support, uh, which as they say includes applied expertise driven by stakeholder preferences, values, and goals within natural communities of support. And so aligned with that, it was our goal to help identify effective strategies for integrating interventions across both treatment domains to help, and I'll quote, uh, realize socially valid and equitable outcomes uh, for students with social, emotional, or behavioral challenges in schools. Awesome. That sounds great. Um, so it sounds like you're still in the data analysis um, spot right now, but how do, you, how do you and your team plan to disseminate the outcomes from this project? Absolutely. So we're excited to move into the dissemination stage. Uh, up already, we've done a couple of things. One is we presented the, some of the results from our study as part of an advanced seminar series on interdisciplinary intervention for master's students here at Vanderbilt University in, in High Incidence Disabilities uh, Special Education Program. Last year, um, we also presented some study results at the annual APBS conference, which was a great time. We I had a lot of great questions from practitioners who were in attendance um, and we're excited to prepare a couple of manuscripts based on the outcomes that we've identified uh, and submit those to uh, probably research-focused peer-reviewed journals. Uh, we're hoping Journal of Positive Behavior Interventions might be a potential outlet for one of those and we're excited to, to share what we learned about the importance of collaboration between specialists across disciplines to help maximize outcomes for these students with co-occurring needs. That sounds great. I'm excited to read those. <laughs> um, okay, well, thanks so much for telling us about your project. Um, in terms of the student grants, do you have any advice for students who are interested in applying for this grant in the next cycle? Any words of wisdom that you would provide them? Sure. Um, so broadly, I like to think of my doctoral program as kind of a safe place to practice and grow my skills. And so I went into the grant application with this kind of practice-oriented mindset, uh, acknowledging at the forefront that even if it wasn't funded, the application would provide me with a rich opportunity to do a couple of things. One, gain experience with the grant writing process, 
also to dive deeper into an area of interest of mine that's kind of just been evolving lately and also to practice my writing skills and to do all these things with the support of my incredible advisor. So it was a wonderful practice opportunity. Again, even if it wasn't funded, I knew I was going to get some opportunities to learn out of it. And I think all of this to say the simple words are go for it. <laughs> I encourage everyone to apply. Um, I think it's a great opportunity. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Marnie. And we're looking forward to uh, reading more about your project in the future. Thanks, Ellie. So if you are interested in applying for the APBS Student Network Research Grants next cycle and you would like more information, you can email studentgrants at apbs.org. If you are interested in the Student Network and just would like some more information or have questions, you can email studentnetwork at apbs.org. You can also join us over on our socials. On Instagram, we are APBS underscore student network. On Twitter, we are APBS underscore student. And on Facebook, you can join us at APBS student network. We hope you enjoyed. This brings us to the end of our episode. We appreciate you taking the time to learn more about the Association for Positive Behavior Support. Upcoming podcasts will feature diverse professionals, families, community members, continuing to discuss topics focused on enhancing the quality of life of people across the lifespan by promoting evidence-based positive behavior support. You can find details for upcoming podcasts, conferences, webinars, and much more at our website, apbs.org. You can also follow and contact us on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We encourage everyone listening to visit apbs.org to learn more about membership opportunities and to be notified of upcoming episodes. Thank you.